We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. On a very special edition of Cody and Gold today, we actually have a dirty werewolf in the studio. And now, two people who I don't have really a throw for. Cody Tap and Dusty Likens. We'll take it. That's Jed Marshall. Welcome to another episode of Cody and Gold here on a lovely Thursday, it appears. We all managed to make it in studio to bring you some, I don't know, somewhat sports talk today. We'll see. It's a Thursday and Friday before Christmas. And it's a bad time to be a wolf in Kansas City, Dusty. I don't know how to break this to you. Yeah. Tough time. Yeah. Tough time for the Wolf community in Kansas City. Charges officially filed today mm. against Chiefsaholic. That guy. Yeah, I won't rob any banks my entire life. You sure? I'll Your never... entire life you want to you say that? You want to go that far? Yeah. I mean, I actually had Monday night a question for Nick Price is if I should just retire the nickname the Dirty Werewolf. Because of this guy? Because of this clown. I don't know what I would do without the nickname. I mean, it was... Not one that I created myself, at least here on the radio station. It was created a long time ago on a Royals postgame show with Joshua Vernier. And then this guy goes out, and he's doing the exact same thing I'm doing, making bets on Chiefs future bets, which the Mahomes MVP took another step today as uh, Gardner Minshew was uh, announced the starter by uh, Sirianni. So no Jalen Hurts, which you'd think that if Mahomes can do it, then then we're, we're a little bit better. But, yeah, I've uh, I've officially um, I've officially questioned if I should still be the dirty werewolf because this guy's a dirty, nasty wolf. I don't know if he's a werewolf, which, I mean, according to, I don't know, certain people like Herschel Walker, there's a difference between a werewolf and a vampire, and he didn't know that. Um, but, you know, <laughs> that's politics. We don't do that. We do sports. But, yes, Cody, I have been I in. I think that sentence alone is not political. Yeah. Herschel <laughs> Walker saying that. Yeah, he, you know, and the thing is, is that I just, I don't know if I have to give it up because of somebody else's um, reasonings and breaking the law. Because I can tell you one thing. Uh, I never have, never will, don't plan on it, never thought about it. Robbing a bank scares the living hell out of me. But you've broken laws. Many times. So. Many, many times. But that's one I won't touch. Have you been arrested? Four times. Four wow. times? Wow. Booked twice. Wow. How many times have you been arrested? Um, I'm trying to think. Six. Enough. Six? Six times, I think. Man. One was in Columbia. The other one was in Blue Springs. So you've been booked twice, mm-hmm. arrested four times. Mm-hmm. God, I'm the newbie here. I've only been... I've only been booked once, and booked was relative. We still got out. It we we never made it past the holding facility, so One I didn't time. have to go to I didn't have to go to county. You never been arrested in the bedroom? What? I don't know. People <laughs> no, use handcuffs, man. They're having a whole different conversation. Yeah, but that's being arrested. You're just not booked. That's a little different, <laughs> slightly right. different vibe. We don't have to get into that. We could probably this get early. to that at trash of the day. Um, I don't know. That might just be like the random topic. Mike will be turned off now. (laughs) You don't want to start answering those questions? I like how we would all rather answer questions about our legal history. You can find that online. I don't care. Like, I'm not too concerned about that. Everybody will be able to find it, but Mm. yeah, no, I'm not talking about that. Yeah, well, we can get into that. There's plenty to get to today. Dan Hughes will join us at 11 o'clock. We'll hear from Andy Reid in the 1 o'clock hour, and our guy Josh Klingler will join us at 1230 as the Chief Sideline Reporter as he gets ready for... I don't know how the hell he's going to stay warm. He's not. On Saturday. He'll be numb by kickoff. But he's going to try. At the very least, he's going to give it a shot. But there was, you know, as we get ready to face Seattle, there's one thing I want to talk about with them here in a minute. But there's part of where I think it's lost in the Chiefs here with their recent play of struggle against bad teams Mm -hmm. that absolutely needs to be addressed as a compliment to both Mahomes and Reed and why also you shouldn't panic because sometimes they play close games against those teams. Mm -hmm. Patrick Mahomes last week is now 20-0 and 
Anytime he has faced a quarterback who has entered the matchup or team two games below 500 or more. Okay. 20 and 0. So if he faces a bad team, he beats them. His winning percentage against teams who finish the season with a losing record is over 900. It is better than the Bill Belichick, Tom Brady-led Patriots run during their 18 years. And I understand 18 years at a winning percentage at like 870 is better than over nine for just the five years. But they win at a higher clip than any team in NFL history against teams who finish with a losing record. So to a point, I think, Dusty, we kind of have to forgive the fact that they play some close games against bad teams because they win a disproportionately high number of them. They don't lose them. So even when they play bad and make mistakes and turn the ball over and do the things that we know that they have to clean up before the postseason, Mm. very simply, the reason why they get to win the division every year, be in line for the one seed every year, have a chance at all of those things, is because they don't lose those games. So I find myself, the further we get away from any ugly game against the Texans that goes to overtime, being more forgiving because at least they don't lose it. Yeah. I think the biggest concern that you have regarding Mahomes and Andy Reid in this situation is that it's very rare where the loss in the playoffs is really, I guess, shifted to Patrick Mahomes. And we've had it once. And the only time that the loss has happened that you could personally probably blame Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs is last year year, year in the second half. You think about year one, D Ford, the officiating, Tom Brady gets the ball in overtime, Mahomes never touched it. You can't really blame Patrick Mahomes or Andy Reid on that one. Uh, the next year, they win the entire thing, so you love that. The next year, the offensive line was clearly an issue. Uh, Mahomes was running for his life. And then the AFC Championship game. What you're seeing in these next two games, or in these last two games, was the Denver game kind of gave you some reminders of that AFC Championship game last year where it was Patrick Mahomes is on a different level than anybody else in the world right now. The Chiefs are up 27-0. What could possibly go wrong? And then it's just this like Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde takes over and you're like, why is he throwing these passes? Why is Andy Reed letting him throw the ball when you're up 27 zero instead of being like, Hey, I know you want to sling it. Let's just relax. And then this past week was Pacheco fumbling. Uh, certain drops were happening guys in wrong positions. And, and then the defense just kind of let the Texans basically do whatever they wanted. It was Drixel and will and, 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 and it, it was like, why is this happening? But the thing that's crazy is I saw this stat today from Warren Sharp that Patrick Mahomes completed 20 passes in a row to close out the win against Houston, right? If he starts this week with six straight completions, he'll break the record of 25 currently held by not only the these three classic quarterbacks, Nick Foles, Ryan Tannehill, and Phillip Rivers. So Mahomes is doing what he needs to do, at least at this point. And I get it. The, the narrative of, you know, Al Davis just win baby Uh, it fits for every team that has a contending shot at being something special in the playoffs. And yes, the chiefs are doing that. I think where the complaints come is not necessarily from Mahomes or Reed because very rarely, at least in this era of the chiefs are Mahomes or Reed at fault for why you lose a game, right? Cincinnati, Travis Kelsey of all people get stripped and they score on that play. And it's the game winning touchdown. And you're thinking to yourself, well, It wasn't Mahomes' fault, but it's like if stuff like this happens in the playoffs, that's how teams essentially beat the Chiefs. that's how they lost three times this year. They made a bunch of mistakes against Indian, a bunch of mistakes against Indian. Kelsey drops a touchdown. But they had two two late turnovers against both Cincinnati and Buffalo that Mm -hmm. lost in the game. I, I understand their flaws. There's no doubt. And look, they're they're it's a it's actually a little unfortunate for the Chiefs that they are going to do a majority of their winning at a time where there's only a single buy for any NFL team. Because what the Patriots did was they weren't always the one seed. The Patriots were the one or the two. And mm-hmm. they would bank on the other team coming up short somewhere along the way. And now the Chiefs are still going to have to win that first game. They'll get at least two home games. And they can still bank on whoever gets the buy falling short. It's happened a couple of times already. Happened last year. Yeah, yeah. Ten- well, anytime Tennessee's the one. The problem is this year in particular, mm-hmm. Buffalo's not going down in round one, are they? Like, think about the potential. If they're the number one seed, 
Mm-hmm. The best possible team they could face in the second round is Cincinnati. So, I mean, they certainly – now, and actually not even that because that would be the three seed, so they'd have to do maybe Baltimore if they were to win the division, but that seems unlikely. Or Tennessee. Yeah, so Tennessee. So Tennessee the teams they're likely the to face are Tennessee, the four, Baltimore, the five, Miami, the six. Like, that's what you're looking at. Miami is the six. Well, they're the seven right now. So the Chiefs would play Miami and yeah. uh, ball, it's, uh, it'd be So the Chargers, Chargers or Miami. Char- yeah, those are about as – those are about as bad of a team as you can face. And those teams can give you a little bit of trouble. But Buffalo yeah. in a divisional round against those teams at home. Where it's going to look like it looks outside now currently in Buffalo. Yeah. They're going to win those games. Mm. They just are. Beating bad teams is what helps put them. It's why you can get to AFC title games. Yeah. I know that people don't like counting the stats of how many straight AFC title games you've hosted. But being in that game means you have a chance. Mm-hmm. It's like baseball teams just getting the playoffs. Just putting yourself in position to have an opportunity will likely mean that Patrick Mahomes will be one of a handful of quarterbacks ever to win two Super Bowls. You re- we do well, everyone realizes, right, how few quarterbacks have ever won multiple Super Bowls, right? right? Like that it's one of seven. You would be in a very exclusive company. You get to three, you'll be one of four. Mm-hmm. One of, you know, like it's, it's hard to just win two. Ask Russell Wilson, who had a chance at that and couldn't do it is now one of the worst starting quarterbacks in the NFL. Let's ride. I think with Mahomes and company, I do believe, and maybe it's just because I've only spent the last four years really diving into this and really taking off in this at this station, but it seems like when January 1 hits, the Chiefs officially get into that mode. And I understand that, you know, Dusty, you can't say that they get a bye because of, you know, they play bad teams and they just kind of go through the motions and just win. But in reality, yes, I'm with a lot of the fans. I would love to see the Chiefs play a team like Houston and beat them 41 to 7. But how many times does that happen in Andy Reid's tenured as a head coach? You just don't really ever see that. Andy Reid is a very conservative style head coach. And it seems like the narrative that people like to use where they play against the competition that they're they're going up against. Oh, we're playing Houston. We don't need to bet. We don't need to play the sure. the A or B playbook. We'll use the C pregame season or third preseason game type of playbook. But when they play Buffalo or they play Cincinnati, it's like okay, we're going to bring out all our gadgets, all our whistles, and we're gonna we're gonna make sure that we that we live up to the to the expectations. My thing is is that I just want to see a polished program before it starts when it really has to be perfect because. You want to see it once. If the Chiefs, if everything were to line up where the top seeds win, which it never happens, but if you're hypothetically speaking, Chiefs are the two, Cincinnati the three, Tennessee the four, Buffalo's one. So the seven, six, and five teams all lose, right? Chiefs beat Miami, uh, Cincinnati beats LA, and Tennessee beats Baltimore. As of right now, that's the way the playoffs shake out. That That means Tennessee goes to Buffalo, Right, you'd think Buffalo wins that game, and they sit, Easily. They sit yeah. back and they wait for the AFC. Especially because Ryan Tannehill season's most likely done, not good. And I don't trust that offense doing anything in Buffalo with Malik Wills as their quarterback, who can't throw the ball. And then you look at Kansas City beating Miami and Cincinnati beating LA. You get the AFC Championship rematch. So everything that the Chiefs need will literally be in a revenge type of tour that we thought was last year, but it will be in that type of set up where you get Miami. The storyline there is is obviously on the front page. It's Tyree Kill returns home. The next game is Cincinnati, the rematch of the AFC Championship game, and then it's what everybody wants. Everybody wants Bills Chiefs AFC Championship game because it's of course the rematch of last year's 13 second game. This time it's winner goes to the Super Bowl. This time it's in Buffalo if everything sits the way that it currently is now. If Buffalo wins out and the Chiefs went out and go 1-2 seed. Coming up in about 15 minutes, we'll talk a little bit about what Seattle in particular can do on Saturday if Kansas City is to drop another game the rest of the season. But once again, we get to discuss the Twitter habits of the Kansas City Chiefs defense. And I think the reason why I point out the defense is it's always them. Now, here's the thing. I I like Colin Saunders had a nice year. I like when people put their personality out on display. I don't even have a problem with them clapping back against fans that they disagree with. But it is a no-win scenario, and Colin Saunders should probably just go ahead and know that. You cannot win the court of a public opinion by stepping onto Twitter and saying, Ugh. we're fourth in the NFL in sacks, because here's the problem. 
You're 19th in points allowed per game. You're second to last in red zone defense. So there's things we can point out that the defense is also against. But I guess the thing that really is funny to me is why is it always the defense? You notice how quiet the offense is? You see them getting on Twitter? Mm-hmm. Fighting back? No. You see Juju? You see McColl? No. You see Patrick? Hell, I don't even see Orlando Brown cruise the Twitter streets. And there is plenty. If he just did some simple name searching for himself after his Pro Bowl announcement yesterday. I wouldn't. It would have been a bleak time for him to be flipping through, mm-hmm. scrolling through, seeing what they had to offer. He would not like it. But quiet. All quiet, because mm. you know why? I think what it comes down to is I think the reason why the defense is the more vocal the more vocal group on Twitter is they always feel like they're the reason why they're going to lose a game. They're constantly worried that they'll be blamed more than the offense. They're like, hey, man, we're both here trying to work hard. I'm like, I get it. But the Chiefs are the number one offense in the NFL, man. Mm-hmm. You are the weak link. You are the weak unit. You are the more concerning group. It's your it's your lot in life if you're a defensive player for the Chiefs to accept the fact that you will always be the fan scapegoat. No one's ever going to put this on Mahomes. That's not the way this works. Mm-mm. I think the problem with the defense is that it's kind of like little brother syndrome. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, you have two kids. I don't know if there's ever a time where, like, the eldest does something really, really well. I mean, she's pretty intelligent for her age. And then it's like the little one's like, well, look, look, I can do this too. And it's just kind of like, yeah, the sacks are good. Yeah. I understand you're, you're sticking up for your boys and you're, and you're trying to like, you know, be a, a force. The other thing is the offense doesn't have to talk. The offense talks for itself. I mean, they're first and third down point. They're, they're first and third down conversions, first and fourth down conversions, first and total yards, first and just almost every important statistical category that you can have for an offense. So their their talk is statistically and, driven. And the only thing the defense is near the top of the league in is sacks, right? Top five. And is, they're top 15 in rush defense. 15. Right. But that's it, right? But, Those are the only two? But yet you... The thing that's concerning is that when the person on the field is obviously being talked about by either fan base, writers, locally or nationally, that's what normally pokes the bear. And when people are like, oh, yeah, that's great that, you know, the Chiefs won against the Texans, but they still allowed 30 points against a team that doesn't care. Um, that's going to, you know, ruffle some feathers with some guys that are very passionate on this defense. Justin Reed, we obviously saw, was extremely passionate about the Cincinnati game and then doubled down after the game. And then that was addressed. And then, and then apologized and then tripled down on the Monday. It was very weird. And then it just completely went away as if he got called into the principal's office again and got threatened with out-of-school suspension, um, which to me is a, hey, if you want to sit the first half next week against your former team, that's fine, or you can just be quiet uh, because that happened with Travis Kelsey in L.A. one time. He missed the first half. Now that was being out past curfew. But again, the offense doesn't have to talk. The offense's talk comes with statistics, comes with proof, because like we said, Mahomes last week closed out the game with 20 straight completions. Literally just went out there and did exactly what he was supposed to do. Jarek McKinnon wins the game with a walk-off touchdown. I will say this. There are times where the defense has been put into not the greatest situation due to interceptions, due to fumbles, due to, you know, hey, you were just out there for eight minutes. Now you go back out there again, even though you were on the sideline for only two minutes. Um, But a group that is a tight niche like this where a lot of stuff is – is is locked up tighter than a pickle jar with with the way that their PR system works. I'm surprised the defense has this much shine on a social media. I'm also not against it. I think it's fine for players to voice their opinion. I think you should be allowed to give it. I like I don't like that Andy sometimes shuts it down. If yeah. Justin Reed really feels that way, I don't have a problem with him using Twitter as a platform. Now, to say I it. will say if you're going to do that, you better get out there and 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 you better make sure that you you live up to the speech because if you're going to go out there and say I'm going to shut him down, and you're going to go out there and get cooked, then either own it or, you know. Because that was the problem. Like, Justin Reed had a good game against Denver, personally. Like, they didn't target him much. He didn't allow a bunch of catches. Not against Cincinnati. But he missed two noticeable tackles. Mm -hmm. Not good. And you let up a a season high, a season high in points to the worst offense in the NFL. 
That's tough to be like, well, I did my job. Yeah. You'd be like, I mean, yeah, you did. But there's 10 other but dudes But the defense let up 28 points. So either I did my job as calling out every other person who's on the mm-hmm. defense with you. Yeah. Or you're trying to flex on us at a time that is awfully difficult to do so because you just had the most points allowed against the worst offense in the NFL. And you really do have to. I know it sounds silly, but like you got to be careful and pick your battles. And, and this applies to any job. Like, we can't go out just and be like, I'm right. Like, I am the most accurate predictor uh, in sports radio history. It'd be a bad time to do that if you had just predicted the Chiefs to beat Houston 40 to 5. And they showed up in an overtime game to barely get past the Texans. You can't in any job. You can't. You got to choose the times when you're going to flex. Right. And I think the other thing, too, is that there's a lot of these guys, and the Texan kind of alluded to it, that, you know, it's how much are they going out of their way to search what they're reading or what they're finding? Because there's a lot of veterans out there that just will turn it off. That just, you know what? I'm not into it. I don't care what they say. It's fine. We're winning. We're 11 yeah. and three. It doesn't matter. They're Let's, wrong. We're better know, than they think we are. Right. Outside. And boys. I kind of want you to think that way. Yeah. And you know, the one thing I will say is that it's also not the guys you would expect to be talking like Chris Jones isn't out here. LeJerry Sneed's not out here saying anything. Frank Clark's not saying anything. No, he I actually mean, very briefly to Twitter like a week ago and was yeah. just like, and Frank Clark's been great. Like he's had a sack of back-to-back weeks. He looks like it's back to being like Frank Clark season. It's the end of the year. The one thing I will say though, to kind of defend the defense is that they're very young and there is a lot of shouting or there's a lot of blame on the defense because the offense is so great. The offense has been so good because of what yeah. Mahomes, Kelsey. And, it makes them look worse. It, right. And so, yes, there are times where the defense is put in unfortunate situations that I alluded to earlier. But again, it's also to the point where it's like, hey, man, like a man can only go so far. Right. Like you, you've seen it in videos all the time where like I still think one of the strongest guys I've seen in my entire life is that New England Patriots fan at the Raiders game where they just want, they just witnessed one of the worst losses. And that woman's just in his face, yep, you know, nonstop. And he just sat there cool as a cucumber. Like I'm not going to let it happen. I'm not going to let it happen. Now there's times where that doesn't go that way. And the same thing happens for guys that are athletes that are on the field that have the same type of cell phone that you do that have the same type of digital or same type of social media apps that you and have. Some people are trying to, Oh yeah. I've got people on the text line oh, yeah. or my Twitter mentions all the time looking for a reason to make you pissed. Like oh, yeah. they're actively working towards it. They I've had people on social media call my kid ugly or, you know, like they're looking for a reason right. to drive even things that are separate from the conversation you're having. So you have to also know that when you log on, like just know that there are going to be people who are looking to make your day worse. And whatever you post, you have to know that that is a receipt. That is a, a thing that's going to, and that's yeah, the going to hold think, you accountable. And I think that's one of the things that like maybe, some of these athletes don't realize is that when they put something up, it is whether you believe it or not it is a fishing pole with a juicy piece of bait on the end of it. And there's going to be a ton of bites. And eventually these fans or these people know you're going to take the, like they know you're going to get into it. And then it depends on how much, I guess how much relief you want to have or how much tension you want to have with that comment. But again, you throw yourself in the pond you're going after the side where everybody's going to come after you and it's up to you to how you defend it or how you react to it. Because I'll tell you one thing, you don't see a lot of vets do this. And for Colin Saunders, who was sick, probably bored, went to his phone, shot up a tweet. Now, the, see, the one thing that I'd be like, be like oh, so you're going to miss practice and uh, going to like, that's what we all do. The right. one thing not to criticize, I'd be like, oh, so I can't practice because you're sick, but you're going to get on Twitter. I'm like, yeah, that's how this works. Alex Gold did it this when morning. When we're sick or not at work, Sometimes we hit the old social media or play a video game or whatever, right? Jed, isn't that how you spend your time? No, he sleeps. Dusty, isn't that how you spend your time? Well, if I'm if I don't have to work, if I'm sick or if I don't have to work, it's a different story. If I don't have to work, I'm just a scumbag. Like today would just been like a chili bowl type of day. I'd have just put chili on the pot, sat my ass on the couch, and just Netflix vegged out. Oh yeah, because I I mean kids make that real. My kids are young and they need me to do stuff yeah. still but i mean like that's so, the thing though like if you're it's not if, a choice you know if you're uh, yeah i don't have any children so you can have an I'm ipad day to, though you can't you can't stick them in front of that ipad a little there know, are certain circumstances. Extra 30 minutes yeah um but again no I, I i'm with you man i i think that when 
you throw yourself out there on social media and like you do it, you know, you, you, you put your children on there, you put, you know, baking or oh, whatever yeah, you risk, you get, you're going to get the response. Like, Oh, sweet, sweet rolls, dude. Why don't you talk about sport? It's like, okay, man, like I get that. I have the option also not to respond to you. I have the option to block you. I have the option to mute you. But again, I'm here you're for also, it, I'm all, you're also allowed to fire back sometimes. Yeah. And it's if not you that I've never fired back on anybody on social media. Yeah. And I mean, it, the, the one thing is, is that, you know what? If you don't want people to hate you, Go give him reasons not to. Yeah, play big. Have a big game. And Colin Saunders has been great this year. He's been fantastic this year. He's had a this year. really good year. For a guy that I wasn't sure was going to make the roster, yeah. he had a, he's had a really sure. good year. He's been impactful for the Chiefs. He's part of the reason that they can be fourth in sacks because they've got multiple guys who can get pressure. Cool. Well, now when you start, to, but when you start, when you begin the talk, mm-hmm. Now everyone's going to have their eyes on you against Seattle. Can yeah. you have an impact? Are you getting pressure? Is the line, you're putting pressure on the defensive line mm-hmm. to get pressure. And now people have sacks. screenshot options. Like they can go, yeah. all right, here we go. I'm going to save that tweet. It's tough. Yeah. Look, I, you know, people looked for mine as soon as I said in that Denver game, wow, this game, you know, like we all posted like, oh, this right. game's over. What a laughing stock. That team. Oh, a joke. I was asking who's going to get benched first, Mahomes or Russell Wilson. Yeah. And then they were both in there until like Russell Wilson was, in a whole nother dimension when they showed his face on yeah. camera. I didn't know where he was. The there dangerous. Was, there was dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, poor Russell Wilson. Poor we, Russell Wilson. When we come back, Seattle is the kind of team that if you keep doing a couple of things you have been doing, you're going to be in trouble. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Back in here on Cody and Gold, 6 Sports Radio, 6 Sports.com, and the Odyssey app. Don't forget, 610's doing another playoff beer release. Cinderblock Brewing, 6 p.m., Friday, January 13th. The playoff Pilsner will be available once again. Dusty, if I remember right, you were on the air during that playoff beer release. You and Bink, right? We all yeah. kind of chipped in, everybody kind of in together. Oh, that yeah. place was packed. It was an awesome time. I remember uh, Neil and Lone Jack bought me a beer, and it was the color of that broken computer screen. Like, like I, this like one, black? Right? Uh, I mean, it was literally the color of, of oil. And I'm pretty sure if you'd have put it in the gas tank, you'd have gotten probably three to five miles per gallon. Was it was it good? Uh, it was a one and done. It was, uh, you so, know what it is? Those big, heavy, like, porter stouts, though? That's yeah. always how they are. It was like, it, I'm down to have one of those. Yeah. But I can't drink. I'm not drinking a six pack. Oh, yeah. And I mean, that's the thing, too, is that like a lot of the fans are fun and they want to buy you a drink. And like, here I am, you know, trying to be there for like two hours and I got a porter, a pilsner, and, like, a sour. And I'm like, these aren't flights. These are big daddy 16-ouncers that you got to, like, and I can't be disrespectful. I can't be like, thanks, but no thanks. I got to I gotta drink them. I can't I can't throw them away. Can't, can't be like, hey, give this to somebody else. And I'm normally not a porter guy, but I was that night. It was like a peanut butter porter. It depends on my mood. I mean, I, it's not something I regularly stock the fridge with, but it's also not something that I – yeah. I won't drink. You know, it's like Ryan Witkowski. That's what I used to drink them with. You ever, like, this is this is probably maybe like a pre-random question. Mm-hmm. I have drinks that I, or things you do like that, that you just do certain groups. Like, so for instance, I haven't had a cigar in like four years. Because the person I used to have like the three or four, you know, cigars a year with, mm-hmm. moved out of town. Mm. That was the guy you'd have a cigar with, right? I like a stogie. Or that's the person you drink tequila with. Or that's the person you drink porter with. It's just the person you're... You know, the person you spend time with. Yeah, I have that's a, I have a couple of hobbies like or habits that only appear with that group or individual. See, I have a bad problem, but it's a good problem, is that a lot of my friends are into the same things I'm in. Like I have a bunch of buddies that are bourbon hunters. So it's like, hey, I just got this allocated bourbon. You want to come over and try it? Uh yeah. Um, that also comes with a cigar. That also comes with sure, you know, craft beer. So it's like a it's a it's a circle of life. Like everything the light touches is ours, except there is no like there is no boneyard like in Lion King. It's all light. So I mean I'm you wanna throw me a cigar, I'm gonna have fun with it. You're gonna throw me a, a like I will say this though, like the craft beer phase of my life is probably over. You're you're into bourbon now. 
this time of year for well, I mean we're I mean you can look outside this is prime bourbon season. I know I'm gonna have one tonight yeah I mean it's it's no rock this time of year it's pure port into the glass enjoy it keep the socks on until at least you're getting ready to go to bed uh during the summertime though I just I'm I, I guess I'm just trashy I don't know I, I love Miller Light and Miller High Life I want to get the job done and I want to do it in the quickest way possible there's no shame in that no I'm, I'm the opposite of a mechanic when it comes to drinking I'm not going to charge you for something that I don't need, and I'm going to get it done in a quick how amount many, of time. How many bottles of bourbon are you up to? Uh, I think I've got up to, at, well, if you want to do a snob way, I've got up to like 15 to 16 allocated bottles, and I've probably got a total of like 30. Man, I think I'm only at like. Like I just scored a bottle of E.H. Taylor and a bottle of Eagle Rare for MSRP. Like I won't pay. Like I'm not, a, I'm not one of those guys. It's like, hey, I'll pay Sixty dollars for a bottle of this. I'm like, no, I'm gonna pay the thirty-two fifty. That I got, a, I got a poor pappy left if you still want it. I'm just waiting for somebody else to drink it. I would love that because I haven't had. Because I, if if we want to do this, if I ranked my bourbons that I and and we're screwed now, by the way, because on the show Yellowstone, their first episode, they use Weller Twelve. So now that's there. well, that's done, and that's already been done. Like you, it, it's almost impossible to find Weller Twelve at this point. It is now that it's on Costner's hands and Beth Dutton's hands. You're never gonna see it again. Um, like people were just buying Yellowstone bourbon just because of the name Yellowstone, um, which there's different bottles there, by the way, you can buy. But no, I would say if I ranked them, man, I really like, I love, I love Weller 12. I just can't find it. Can't get it. Mm -hmm. Um, Eagle rare is fantastic. It's a 10 year. It's MSRP is like 3250 Bland's is good. But again, the name kind of speaks for itself. It's a good bourbon. It's not a bad, it's, it's good. Um, but I'm, I'm a big fan of the E.H. Taylor's, you know, small like those. batch. Those they're spicy. It's a B.I.B. It's a hundred proof. So, I mean, it's uh it's, it's a solid bourbon, but this is pure bourbon season. Like, I mean, it is it's peak. When, when it is negative 37 degrees outside and it feels like negative 68 or 69 for those of you that are nasty. Um, you just, you go home and you pour, you know, three fingers on the side of the glass, fill it till it gets to your index finger and then just sit back and sip it. But that's. That's where we're at. Craft beers, eh. I don't like the bloated feeling. Like, I just, I mean, it's fine. Like, I don't, one thing I will say, not a big into sours, porters, and stouts, I, and IPA, so that basically cancels everything out in craft it's beers. Like, but I, I a lot of craft you know beer. what I mean? I love blondes. I love Kolsch's. I love wheats. I love, uh, I love uh, pale ales. Big pale, good pale ale season, too. And winter beers are good. Like, Casey Beer Co's Dunkel, fantastic. The playoff Pilsner from uh, uh, Center Block, Fantastic, Fantastic beer. We had it last year. I loved it. I took home a 12-pack. Don't forget, come see us January 13th, the Playoff Pilsner beer release at Cinderblock. January 13th, 6 p.m. We'll be out there broadcasting live as well. Okay, so we were just spending the opening segment talking about how I can live with the fact that the Chiefs sometimes get ugly wins against bad teams because they're better than anybody in NFL history, technically, from a percentage standpoint, of winning those games against bad teams. Here's the problem. This opponent on Saturday is good enough that if you screw those things up, they can beat you. And that's the part that concerns me about this game. Because you had mentioned the one thing that still stands out about the Chiefs is we haven't seen a clean game from the Kansas City Chiefs in two and a half months. What's the last one? Tampa? Yeah, they've turned the ball over in nine consecutive games. Mm -hmm. They've had special teams errors. And at least half of those games during that stretch, they've made mistakes. They've consistently made mistakes. Now, look, over that stretch, they've won a bunch, too. Mm -hmm. There's no doubt about it. But Seattle is just good enough of a team that if you come in and you play some B-effort game, Uh Geno Smith will come and get you. He will put put points on the board. He will find a way to ruin your afternoon. It is the thing that concerns me the most about this game because here's what's happened. Mm -hmm. Even in the times in which they're not playing good or haven't been playing well, all right, fine. Who cares? You can play a bad game against the Texans and the Broncos, and you can win. You did not play your best game against Cincinnati. You lost. You did not play your best game against some other teams, and you can beat them. The Rams and the Jags, whatever. Tennessee. Those are some of the ones you've played during this nine consecutive. You know what? Actually, the last complete game they played was the 49ers. Okay. They absolutely ruined what might be the league's best defense. Mahomes was just on one, and they decided to pour it on what has been one of the best defenses in the NFL, and he threw for 420 yards and three touchdowns. Yeah, fine, he threw a pick in that game, but that was their most that's complete the last time game lost, probably right? of the season. I think this is the last time the 49ers have lost. Uh, probably. They haven't and lost it, since that game, and I believe that they didn't have really a full, healthy Nick Bosa. 
But Bosa played in that game. He, he did. was coming in injured, but he played in that game. They also and that was McCaffrey's way, first game. You have to remember, and he played well. Yeah. But they attacked. They attacked Bosa in a way that I haven't seen any other team attack Mahomes him. Which does is that all the time. They with those decided guys. to not block him. Yeah, just let him go. They're like we're not. It's fine. Up. We're going to be faster than Bosa on the edge, and we will play things differently. They decided to just simply not try to block Joey Bosa on the line and play it since then. And you are correct. They have won every single game since then by yeah, an average dude. margin of victory yeah. of like 17 points during that stretch. And they're not playing like dog piss teams. Like they're playing good teams in this run. Seattle, Miami, the chargers they all whooped, included. And they whooped that. Miami. And that's the game. Yeah, they did Garoppolo left. They also beat Tampa Bay. Who's not a good football team, but they absolutely poured it on them too. And that was, sure. the, that was the, you know, the only second start of Brock Purdy's career. Three of these wins in a row or the Brock Purdy time. So it's that's the last time I remember the Chiefs just piling it on a team. I still think at their peak, the yeah. Chiefs at their absolute best is better than any team in the NFL. I can't be convinced otherwise because when Mahomes is playing like that, mm -hmm. there's nothing you can do about it. That's Buffalo in the playoffs. That's the 49ers in the season earlier. When he's just on one, there's absolutely nothing you can do about it. But Seattle is versus any other team remaining on their schedule. The two they just played and the two after this. Mm -hmm. They can play bad and beat. The two after, they can play bad and beat the two before. They cannot play some C-minus game and expect to get past Seattle. The other thing is, who'd have thought that this game would have had two Pro Bowl quarterbacks? I wouldn't have assumed that, no. We would have thought one, right? Like, there's at least one uh, Mahomes in this game. The thing that I am intrigued about is that where the Chiefs seem to have issues is they tend to let wide receivers cook against them. And you're playing against a top 10 wide receiver in football this year and last year, and the previous year, since he's been in the league, DK Metcalf is a top 10 wide receiver. There is no doubt, no doubt about that in my mind that he's there. And Geno Smith is going to target him because there's zero Kenny Walker. There's not going to be a Tyler Lockett. So we know where the ball is going. So this is one of those defensive type of matchups where it's like, okay, you want to look good. You want to shut it down. You can take Geno out of his element because Seattle's another team that has the perfect, not chemistry, but they have the perfect type of narrative going against the Chiefs. Houston has nothing to play for, right? Houston has nothing to play for. So what do they do? They played Dallas, damn near beat them. It was fun. They can play spoiler. They can be the bad guy. It's like basically the Royals in the 90s. You sure. know, they could just go wait till that month of September and try to ruin and go some people's sweet Minnesota. And then all of yeah. a sudden, Cleveland makes the playoffs and Cleveland buys you a fifth of whiskey for your entire team. I think it was the other way around. I think we, I think the Royals swept Cleveland, Cleveland and then Minnesota, Tory Hunter bought everybody like a fifth of crown. Uh, so then you look at this week, Seattle is maybe going to try to have a fight to make the playoffs. They've been a decent team this year. Pete Carroll is a great head coach. He's been one of the better head coaches for a better part of a decade. In fact, he ought to win coach of the year the way that he, he selects Honestly, uh, he since he fleeced uh, Sirianni's going to win it, but it, it should it yeah. should be. Or Kyle Shanahan would have an argument. He's had to start yeah. three different quarterbacks this year. Right. He's started to start Trey Lance, Jimmy Garoppolo, and now Brock Purdy, and he finds himself as the clear and defined leader of the NFC West. Right, and so when you look at when you look at the the way that Seattle can play with a we don't give a rip type of mentality, type of attitude. That's something that doesn't bode well for a Chiefs team that is just trying to do exactly what we said at the start of the show. Just keep winning. Like, yeah. I don't care who it is. So if you want to think of it from like a poker standpoint, yes, the Chiefs have, you know, the massive chip stack. Seattle's the guy that has, you know, a medium chip stack, but they're up what they bought in for. So they're just using this money as like, oh, yeah, I'll call that, you know, $50 raise on the turn. I'll see what the river brings. And every once in a while, that river car is going to bring something that's going to keep them in play, whether it is, you know, a flush to your flush, but there's a little bit higher. Seattle has that. We don't give a rip attitude. And the chiefs have the attitude of like, we know we can beat this team. We know that we're superior to this team. We just need to get through these weeks and get to where we want to be and make sure that teams around us lose. The chiefs don't have like, they don't have the, give a rip attitude like Seattle has. They have the, we know where we're at. We know what team we are. We've already clinched. We already have a home game. We've won our division. I just want to see where we can get by the end of the season. Teams like Seattle, they can spoil that. They can play with that loose type of edge mentality. And yes, Geno Smith is a good enough quarterback, at least this year, to where 
that fumble may lead to a touchdown, might lead to a 14-point swing to where you give them the ball back. There's a chance it could be involved in more points moving forward. So with the Seattle Seahawks, I do believe there's a chance you can lose this game. I think with it being the first game at home in, I think, three weeks. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been three weeks since they've been at home, and the Chiefs don't have to travel in this. Seattle has to come here. Seattle's no stranger to cold weather, but they're not used to this type of weather. And it's, you know, maybe one of those, this is a wake-up week for the Chiefs. Maybe this is, like you said, when Mahomes turns it on, there's not a player on the planet that comes anywhere close to his capability. And when he's that way, everybody else around him is that way. Coming up in five minutes, we'll get to Jed Talk, since he's still filling in for Nick, who is in Germany for at least three more days. Guten Tag. Before he flies back. But the one thing that does, one of the most interesting things about this game and the final three games for me for the Chiefs, because we know they're making the postseason, we know that they're probably going to be the one or the two seed, is for the first time all season, guess what we get? A fully healthy wide receiver roster. Mm. As in, Kadarius Tony is a full participant and can get the normal amount of snaps, and McColl's here, and Juju's here, and Kelsey, the whole crew. The only guy's missing is Jody Fortson. We'll let that slide for now. Yeah. The entire wide receiver unit will be back together in this game for the very first time. To me, that is a... That's, that is one of the interesting storylines to follow for the final three games because yeah. the Chiefs are already, as it sits right now, you can watch, look up the million stats that people are putting out there. Yesterday it was the look at the average win rate they put up or the EPA for quarterbacks in their first five seasons in the NFL. And Patrick Mahomes is a little dot all by himself. Mm-hmm. Warren Sharp sent out the one today that was talking about how much the Chiefs pass and how efficient they are in the passing is literally unprecedented for the last five years. They're a little dot all by themselves. Now, and they've been doing, I just want to remind everybody, they've been doing that without their full complement of weapons at any point this year. Because in the early part of the season, they didn't have Tony. Then for the middle part of the season, they didn't have Juju. Then they, for, you know, a couple of games. And then when Juju was back, then there was no McCole Hardman. Mm -hmm. Now they'll all be back. All together, we assume, because they're all practicing right now, so there's no reason to think McCole's not going to play on Sunday Mm -hmm. or Saturday. I... I think that it could mean the Chiefs are even more dangerous offensively. And I know that's a hard thing to say about a team that is already the number one scoring offense in the NFL. Right. But what has everybody been saying? At least the text line, Twitter, your co-host, the Chiefs have been missing that gadget guy, right? Like They, they have been they, missing McCole and Tony. I and think so. It's obvious because, I mean, I think you could clearly say, well, they missed Tyreek Hill. Well, yeah. I mean, one of the top two wide receivers in the league, it's Jefferson or Tyreek, however you want to put it. But I think the other thing about it, too, is – the fact that you can get Kadarius Tony on the field causes a distraction. I'm ready to see what happens when you have 19 and 17 on the field. And I want to see him go in motion each just to see what that does to a defensive secondary and the linebacking core's knees. Because if you see McColl go one way and stop, and then all of a sudden Mahomes does something to his helmet or he does some sort of motion where he sends Tony in in motion, and then they go a certain way, Andy Reid can lock people up with these two guys on the field. Um, I said a couple weeks ago when Jarek McKinnon had that big game against uh, Denver, I said to myself, I said, I'd love to see McCole Hardman solidify himself in this type of role, a patient type of runner that can run jet sweeps more effectively and a type of guy that can catch a ball and wait, and all he needs is one block. The same thing with Kadarius Tony. I think Kadarius Tony is better downfield than McCole Hardman, at least from what I've seen. It's a small sample size. It's weird because McCole used to feel that way in his rookie year. Right. That really just diminished year after year. Right. And then you think about, you know, Mahomes getting those guys that can really run those go patterns. Like, I think Ron Kopp had it on Arrowhead Pride, uh, their lead analyst, and he had something where, like, if MVS runs a different angle on that play against Houston last week, it's a 90-yard touchdown. If Watson tracks the ball better when Mahomes does that ridiculous rollout one foot and 50, throw from the end zone yard wise on, a fo- on one foot, that's also a 90-yard touchdown. Guys like McColl and Tony, they're just better at tracking the football in the air because they've had to with their speed. They've had to be able to kind of catch up, slow down, or speed up, and they're just able to do it better. Nobody in the game is better at tracking the football than Tyree Kill. We obviously know that from years watching him here in Kansas City. But you're right. Having a full receiver roster for the first time is going to add to an offense that's already number one. So if that's the case. Seems no can defend. It's the crane kick, man. I don't know what you're supposed to do. That's the thing. And, I mean, the other thing, too, is that 
you're still adding Travis Kelsey to that mix. Sky Moore, who's been decent as of the last couple of weeks, filling in his role as a, as a nice little slot receiver there. And then Watson and MVS are still on this team too. Now all of a sudden you're running out of hands to put on the field to catch footballs. Like you have the best problem to have. You're fully loaded this time of the year, knock on wood, everybody's healthy. And then you get Clyde back to add to your running back rotation. I'm not saying he's going to come back and be magnificent, but he's going to keep fresh legs on the field. And when you have a full roster on offense and you have guys that can play their role and you can keep defenses guessing, then Mahomes doesn't think he has to do too much. He doesn't have to make those throws against That's how Denver. he threw 20 straight completions for a guy who usually takes chances. Exactly. And he's got a chance to break a record in the NFL and continue to this MVP run because obviously Hurts isn't playing this week because Gardner Minshew was announced a starter by Sirianni. But the thing is, is that with this offense, it's kind of like the anticipation that's finally here. You've been waiting to see what it can do when it's fired on all cylinders. Sorry, Seattle, but a team that has a pretty piss poor defense, you're getting ready to see an electric offense with everybody on the offense capable of taking it to the house with one throw. Nick's Notable Notes. I just want to say, first and foremost, I'm happy both of you made it in safely today. We did. Dusty, I'm glad nice you made it in, too. You. Yeah, Jed, always. Normally wow. I see you on Friday nights. I know, but you're just rubbing your face, and you don't even seem all I'm that I'm itching excited. my eye, Jed. I got dry eyes. Why are they so dry? Uh, I left my rotos at home. Oh, okay. I'll let you fill out the rest. Oh, okay. Yeah. Are you a Rotos guy? I don't. I just. You just go raw? Yeah, just raw. You don't ever use eye drops? Nope. Oh, man. There's no better feeling than dry eyes and Rotos, man. It's like the old Mitch Hedberg. Yeah. What have you been doing? R.I.P. All right. So let's get to some Jed Talks. NFL odds. Which of these teams do you think actually have the best chance of making the NFL playoffs? The Carolina Panthers, the Detroit Lions, the Green Bay Packers, or the Jacksonville Jaguars? Jags! Jags, right? They're only a game back. They still play Tennessee, which means they can beat them. They're already on a winning streak. And of all the teams you just mentioned there, they have the quarterback playing the best. I understand that Aaron Rodgers still exists inside that realm. But Trevor sort of. Lawrence is playing his best football. I, I think the Lions might be my second choice. I refuse to buy back into the Packers right now. They waited too long to start playing better. Well, they have a brutal stretch, too. I know they have Minnesota on their schedule. They also have the Lions on their schedule. Um, I'm hoping it's the Lions. I didn't think anybody could win me over like Dan Campbell just because the whole kneecap uh, sort of of presentation he gave on his on his debut. And they started one and six or one and seven. Yeah, and then Jared Goff kind of figured it out. They got Jameis Williams back, and in his first game back, he catches a touchdown and had like a four-two sprint to the end zone. Um, they have a good team, and that team's going to be good because that defense will get better. I don't think that any of these teams get in, but if I had to root for one. I'm a Doug Peterson man. I'm a Doug Peterson guy. I like his I like his ways. I like his swag. I think he's really changed Trevor Lawrence's career. And Trevor Lawrence, I'm telling you right now, for fantasy players, he'll be the Jalen Hurts next year. He'll be the sleeper quarterback that no one remembers had a decent year this year, and then he'll take off. And he'll be an MVP consideration next year because of what he's figured out underneath Doug Peterson. A couple of things from the NBA. The New York Knicks no longer have one of their 2025 second-round picks after the NBA concluded its investigation into premature free agency tampering with Jalen Brunson. What do you guys make of is this? That, is that the lamest the lamest punishment you can give a team for cheating? Why is ever? that lame? We're taking away a 2025 second-round pick? Sure. The Knicks could be in Who contention at that possibly point. possibly care about that pick? Knicks, Knicks have won nine in a row, by the way. So they don't care. Yeah. I mean, they they <laughs> this is a total Knicks stat. Before their eight, before their nine-game win streak, they were plus 20,000 to win the NBA championship. They're still the same odds to win the NBA championship. <laughs> After winning nine games in a row? Even Stephen A. won't talk about him. He's like, I refuse to do this. I'm not doing this. The Knicks are teaching you the valuable lesson. Cheating works. If we were on... Like, eventually you get caught, but it usually works in the moment. If so. we were on FAN right now, how much do you think we'd be breaking this down, though? The cheating stuff? I think oh, you would yeah. probably to a point. I do think that it matters. Anytime a team gets caught cheating, people care. Mm -hmm. But they only really care when you're championship caliber. They care when you're the Astros and you just won a World Series. Or they care if you're the Patriots and it's Deflategate. They care a lot more about your cheating when you're a championship caliber team. When's the last time you said that about the Knicks? 1995. Patrick did, Ewing? Yeah, I was going to say, when was Starks 
Ewing and Oakley. Uh, Oakley on that team. That was 95. 95, 96, 94, somewhere in there. So 30 years. We're talking 30 years oh, ago was the last man. time we were entertaining that conversation. That's they, why nobody cares. Man, they got, a, they got Barrett, Brunson, and Randall right now. They got a good little core, man. They're fun. And Pete Sweeney loves the Knicks. But they're not really that good. They're not going to win a championship. Sorry, Pete. All right, let's stay in the world of the NBA. Jeannie Buss is adding Ooh. another ring to her collection because she's now engaged to Jay Moore. What do you guys make of this? She's married. She's good getting- job, Jay Moore. Really? Now he's pretty rich. <laughs> Dusty had the same exact response. I mean, he's about to marry into some wealth, man. What's not to like? Jay Moore, man. I remember, wasn't he? Didn't he do radio for a while? He did. He would fill in on Jim Rome. Yeah, I think he lost his job on radio because of something he said. Well, all I know is he's got a net worth of $7 million, and Jeannie Buff has a net worth of $650 million. So to get back to the point, though, yeah. about Dusty to was making, smooth. aren't we all one? moment away from just saying something and losing our jobs on radio oh yeah yeah it happened. i mean Honestly, if you look at the text the line i certainly should be should have been fired what seven days ago yeah but i mean that was for minor stuff i don't think you can really get fired just because you defended carl sheffers i well i didn't defend him <laughs> i said that he he was a fine official and then he uh, calls the most penalties in the nfl but i feel like you way. were probably like pro Probably Joe Buck in 15, and probably people hated you too, which is. I actually defended Joe Buck in so, 15 and be like, I you know, you. by the way, yeah. he was doing maybe one of the most single impressive things in a World Series ever was, at the time. I guess it was 2014 people hated Joe Buck because yeah, of the Bumgarner love. But what are you supposed to talk about? That guy beat was, your ass. He was like, doing one of the single most impressive things in World Series history. And <sighs> Joe Buck is a completely competent broadcaster. I That's where, you know, you might not like the fact that he's mm-hmm. talking about, as you two alluded to, one of the greatest pitching performances of all time because it's against your team, but it doesn't mean he's calling a bad game. All right, last one. It's cold AF outside. How was your guys' actual commute in? It wasn't bad. The worst part about it was getting gas at Quick Trip because my car... You didn't get gas last night? Rookie Uh, mistake. I wanted to to feel it this morning. I'm, I'm a sicko. I'm a... You wanted to feel it? I'm a sick man. I wanted to... I wanted to face adversity... Get it over with, and and damn it, I did. I got out at pump eighteen. I opened the door, and it hit me right in the face. I said, "Okay, we got it." Visibility was a bit of the issue for me this morning, and no. the people on the highway driving seventeen miles an hour in the left. That's the I'm worst. actually fine with that. I don't mind people being safe and cautious. Not in the, the left uh, lane. I know that Cody, you have actually a garage. Dusty, you don't have a garage. I would assume at your apartment. I do, but I I drive a Buick Enclave, and oh, that sucker doesn't fancy. fit into that. Uh, that doesn't fit into that garage. Well, I didn't realize you were so swanky. So how long did it take you to de-ice your car? Because you were here before me. Well, I have automatic start, so it was. De-iced. Oh wow. Yeah. Ain't no way hot. Must be fancy. Also, if you want a cool Joe Must Buck story, nice. which I'm sure you've heard, uh, his interview on Levitard show when he ate pot brownies is one of the most fantastic stories I've ever heard. It's really good. I he, don't like how you imply that I'm a marijuana user. You Whenever told me on, you and I work together, you told me on you told me on my show that on Thanksgiving the three things you need is separation from people, yes. a blunt. And time alone. Well, it wasn't a blunt. It was weed, but weed, well. necessarily. I mean, I, it, it's irrelevant, <laughs> yeah, whatever kind. But I don't like you It's distribution it. system, not okay. important. I'm sorry. It's something you might be interested in if you're a sports fan. When we come back, Dane and Hughes, former Chiefs wide receiver, help us break down the Seahawks game on Saturday. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.